0: I grew up on the internet, and while I found and studied art and literature from many sources, it's still fair to say my tastes run extremely online. I'm a writer, a mom of internet kids, an English teacher, and a novice internet spelunker. Together with my wife, a novelist, digital and analog game designer, theoretically a physicist, and Twitter provocateur, we are going to read, analyze, and bring to you our favorite internet folklore. So if you were listening last week, you know that we're doing stuff a little bit different this week. We are celebrating the oncoming hollows by reading some of the quote-unquote classics from around the intertubes. Uh, well, let me tell you who I've got with me here today. Um, you know, I'm Mina. You, you're, you know who I am by now. If this is your first episode, what are you doing? And then I've got Liv here. Liv, say hi. 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 Uh, uh, that's
1: really bad to assume that people aren't doing first-time listens.
0: Why would anyone listen to this podcast, let alone for the first time?
1: Don't self-deprecate.
0: Self-deprecate. That's you know, not a <laughs> great job. Very good. Yeah. All right. And, uh, to my not left, because she's across the on the other side of the planet. I'm I to have, everyone's left. I hope oh, yes. It's true. I have uh, <laughs> Sarah. Go ahead, say hi. Hi, it's Sarah. What's up? So, and uh, Sarah is bringing us the creepy pasta today.
2: It's true, I come bearing goodies. I don't know,
0: spooky goodies. So I want to talk a little bit about the specific sort of subgenre of creepy pasta that we're bringing today. I I don't know. I call this kind of the mimetic uh, idea, oh. and these are like all creepy pastas. Kind of their heritage is that they were something that was easily shared. So you'd drop a link or you'd cut or paste or whatever. And sometimes there was a picture with it and it was all very scary. And these were specifically ones that then played off of that idea and built from not only is this a thing that people are doing, but this in and of itself can be haunted. So like, yes, the scary stories are spread virally by people sharing them on message boards or in email chains or whatever, but that email chain itself, that message board itself can have its own spooky thing, so the horror becomes meta because the thing that you are doing to read the horror could, in fact, be the thing that causes you to personally experience horror.
1: It's like a tulpa.
0: Um, yes, we'll talk about that one too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's yeah, there's the thought form idea, sure. But in specific, the idea that. If you involve yourself with spooky worlds, spooky worlds will not just be in your screen but come into your life and
1: you. Ah, okay, 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 yeah.
2: This I feel like is a um, kind of a direct stem from those chain emails where it would be like, oh there's a little girl and she was 12 years old when she got murdered brutally and she's under your bed now and if you don't forward this email she sure is gonna kill you. Right, 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 and these kind of memetic Subgenre genre
0: creepypastas are very much like, what if true? What if chainmail real, right?
1: Yeah, and if you don't share it in seven days, you die.
0: Right, right. Yeah, there's usually some kind of other, like, next step that you have to take. Um, some, some of my favorite examples of this are um, the Grister, which I don't know if you know about, is like, so this film, de- or no, this game designer? I don't know if he was a film, g- he was both. Um, <laughs> he went on a message board and he's like, I found this YouTube video or grifter, grifter, not grister. Grister is a different one. I found this YouTube video and it's really weird. And it, and I think a bunch of people like died after watching it and people were like, what are you talking about? And then he planted the seeds of that video so that like when people came back later being like, Oh yeah. And it spread from there. But the idea was if you watched this creepy YouTube video, you would put your eyes out or whatever. So that was one. And one of my other favorite, is um uh, Normal Porn for Normal People, which I think we will eventually have Sarah on and just do, because I freaking love that one. Um, and that one doesn't have any real consequences except for he got a weird email from nowhere telling him to go to this website, and he went to the website, and what he saw was awful.
1: Oh, okay. normal porn for normal people sounds like one of those like real footage of a bear type things.
0: It, it ends up being that way, oh, yeah, cool. I, I feel like it up, really inspiring some of the Wham! Uh, wham! Comedy, Wham! City comedy. Words are hard. Okay. Why am I on a podcast? We're terrible. <laughs> All right. So, so with that in mind, knowing that this is like born out of the chain letter kind of, but what if real?
2: Sarah, do you want to go ahead and read for us? Smile. Dog. Absolutely. I first met in person with Mary E. in the summer of two thousand and seven. I had arranged with her husband of 15 years, Terrence, to see her for an interview. Mary had initially agreed, since I was not a newsman, but rather an amateur writer gathering information for a few early college assignments and, if all went according to plan, some pieces of fiction. We scheduled the interview for a particular weekend when I was in Chicago on unrelated business, but at the last moment Mary changed her mind and locked herself in the couple's bedroom, refusing to meet with me. For half an hour, I sat with Terence as we camped outside the bedroom door. I listening and taking notes, while he attempted fruitlessly to calm his wife. The things Mary said made little sense, but fit with the pattern that I was expecting. Though I could not see her, I could tell from her voice that she was crying, and more often than not, her objections to speaking with me centered around an incoherent diatribe on her dreams, her nightmares. Terence apologized profusely when we ceased the exercise, and I did my best to take it in stride. Recall that I wasn't a reporter in search of a story, but merely a curious young man in search of information. Besides, I thought at the time, I could perhaps find another similar case if I put my mind and resources to it. Mary E. was the sysop for a small Chicago-based bulletin board system in 1992 when she first encountered smile.jpg, and her life changed forever. She and Terrence had been married for only five months. Mary was one of an estimated 400 people who saw the image when it was posted as a hyperlink on the BBS, though she is the only one who has spoken openly about the experience. The rest have remained anonymous or are perhaps dead. In 2005, when I was only in 10th grade, smile.jpg was first brought to my attention by my burgeoning interest in web-based phenomena. Mary was the most often cited victim of what is sometimes referred to as smile.dog the being .jpeg is reputed to display. Mm. What caught my interest, other than the obvious macabre elements of the cyber cyber legend, and my proclivity towards such things, was the sheer lack of information, usually to the point that people don't believe it even exists, other than as a rumor or a hoax. It is unique because, though the entire phenomenon centers on a picture file, that file is nowhere to be found on the internet. Certainly, many photo-manipulated simulacra littered the, litter the web. Again, this is one of those things where it's like, you're simulacra, using... Simulacra,
0: yeah.
2: You're using if, yeah. Go ahead. words.
0: <laughs> if if they'd read it out loud yeah. before they published it, they would have gone, mm, that's a cumbersome word in that way. Photo-manipulated simulacra... I can't even do it.
1: Photo-manipulated <laughs> simulacra littered the web. Got it. Photo-manipulated simulacra littered the web.
0: Congratulations.
1: That's
2: how you do it. She you're doing me. such a good job, Liv.
1: <laughs> Why am I not the one reading? That's a good question. Because
2: you're no. You're the noob, so we
1: have to... I'm the outsider. <laughs> I'm the outsider horror. <laughs> oh god.
2: Anyhow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on.
1: <laughs> okay,
2: um... It is unique because, though the entire phenomenon centers on a picture file, that file is nowhere to be found on the internet. Right. Certainly, many photo-manipulated simulacra litter the web, Showing up with the most frequency on sites such as the image board 4chan, particularly the x-focused paranormal sub subred- subboard, it is supported that these it is suspected that these are fakes because they do not have the effect that the true smile.jpg is believed to have, namely sudden onset temporal lobe epilepsy and acute anxiety. I like the
0: way that like he he puts in here he or she the writer puts in here why it is that you've seen this image and you are not dead. Because, but like, it's kind of no true Scotsman, no true Smile Mm -hmm. Dog. That's a very (laughs) clever way to kind of like cover for the fact that this isn't real, but boy, it could be. It's just
2: that you haven't seen the real. Yeah, it like doesn't get rid of the risk really, because it's like, yeah, one day maybe you'll see the real one, and then you'll you'll be in trouble. Yeah, that's right.
1: This one's just a tribute.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great, great. Okay, like a you cover of Smile Dog. Um,
1: Jack Black will portray Smile Dog uh, in the Smile Dog movie. Yeah, definitely.
2: No, I think uh, What's-Her-Name has to do it. Scarlett Johansson, right?
1: Uh, is Smile Dog Black?
2: <laughs> we'll get gay. to it.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. She's
1: has got range. No, she doesn't. <laughs> no, she doesn't.
2: Aw, <laughs> oh, God bless. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> Uh, this purported reaction in the viewer is one of the reasons the phantom like smile JPEG is regard- regarded with such disdain, since it is patently absurd. Though, depending on whom you ask, the reluctance to acknowledge smile.jpg's existence might be just as much out of fear as it is out of disbelief.
0: Dun dun dun. Ooh!
2: Wow! <laughs> oh, I need a theremin. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You can make one. We'll
2: do Wait, the- wait. The- I'm going to bookmark that and come back to it because I want to make a theorem. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> Neither smile.jpg nor smile dog is mentioned anywhere on Wikipedia, though the website features articles on such other, perhaps more scandalous shock sites as redacted, hello.jpg, or two girls, one cup. Any attempt to create a page pertaining to smile.jpg is summarily deleted by any of the encyclopedia's many admins. You gotta appreciate a shout out to two girls, one cup, right? Yeah, right. You gotta. Yeah.
1: Actually, it just the uh, smile dog on Wikipedia just redirects to the creepypasta page.
2: Hmm. <laughs> Interesting.
1: Somebody's
0: trying to mentioned? erase it. Is it mention? Let me see. Uh, boy. You would think it would be in the main list of examples. It's not. Slenderman
1: in- gets its own picture, though. Yeah, it's not listed as one of the examples, but it does oh, redirect. Oh shit!
0: That's funny. That's yeah. that is like, spooky. What's it's that?
1: like,
0: I said
2: it's actually kind of spooky, I like it. A little bit. Nice job on the editors for Wikipedia, playing mm. along. Encounters with Smile.jpg are the stuff of internet legend. Mary E's story is not unique. There are unverified rumors of Smile.jpg showing up in the early eight, early days of Usenet, and even one persistent tale, that in 2002, a hacker flooded the forums of humor and satire website Something Awful with a deluge of Smile Dog pictures, rendering almost half the forum's users at the time epileptic.
0: Dun, dun, dun. That's something we can totally verify is true.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> it is also said that in the mid to late 90s, that smile.jpg circulated on Usenet and as an attachment of a chain email with the subject line, SMILE, exclamation point, exclamation point, GOD LOVES YOU, exclamation point, in all caps. (laughs) Yet despite the huge exposure these stunts would generate, there are very few people who admit to having experienced any of them, and no trace of the file or any link has ever been discovered
0: again, very verifiable, totally a thing that this random college student could confirm in a way that would make it valuable or viable as a, you know, academic paper.
2: It's kind of ballsy though, right? That's almost, it almost makes it kind of scary because you're like, they have to be telling the truth because why would they make this up? This is like,
1: why? Well, like, it's funny because it's like, oh, this thing is the stuff of internet legends. That's like in a book being on like page 100 of like, Moby Dick, and then being like, the last 100 pages of this book have been about a dog. Like, (laughs) you can't just say that.
2: Um, I disagree. They can and they have said that, actually. (laughs) This
0: is is a balls-out example of, yeah, fuck it, this story
2: is real. I'm all in.
1: (laughs) Call me Lassie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Those who claim to have seen Smile.jpg often weakly joke that they were far too busy to save a copy of the picture to their hard drive. However, all alleged victims offer the same description of the photo. A dog-like creature, usually described as appearing similar to a Siberian Husky, illuminated by the flash of the camera, sits in a dim room. The only background detail that is visible being a human hand extending from the darkness near the left side of the frame. The hand is empty, but is usually described as beckoning Of course, most attention is given to the dog, or dog-creature, as some victims are more certain than others about what they claim to have seen. The muzzle of the beast is reputedly split in a wide grin, revealing two rows of very white, very straight, very sharp, very human-looking teeth.
0: Yeah, I love that bit, because, like, if you haven't seen the picture, I don't know what internet you're on, but if you haven't seen the picture yet, that description of an image is really well done. I very clearly in my mind imagine something. It might not be what the picture looks like in reality, but boy, that image is spooky.
1: Oh, I have a hard time parsing very sharp human teeth. I don't. Human teeth aren't sharp. They can be. Not really.
0: Yeah, they absolutely can be. We're fight about this. Sharp human teeth. And then like, I lean over and bite live and that's the end of the podcast. <laughs>
1: Dun-dun-dun!
2: Okay, oh, alright. I feel like, uh, for me, very sharp in this particular instance uh, is referring to the appearance more than the actual sharpness. Oh, sure. Sometimes you'll see somebody and, like, they'll give you a smile and you're like, okay, that was sharp. Like, not in a good way. Like, <laughs> oh, that is kind of scary.
1: Mm. Yeah, I can see it.
0: And smart is in almost, or sharp is in more, like, cutting and keen, you know? Sharp. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Like um anybody who's ever portrayed Lucifer on any kind of media. Oh shit, what's that guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy. You know, the guy with the
0: really big smile. The like really obscenely big smile, and he's like a church guy, I think.
1: Joel Austin? Yes.
0: That's oh, a really? sharp those are sharp teeth. <laughs> <laughs> on a spiritual level. You know that guy eat <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> when we're getting Yeah. We're making fans. We're making friends. Calling out Joel Alstein. Anyhow, back to, <laughs> back to Smile Dog, which is definitely not the same thing.
2: <laughs> I mean, what? well. This is, of course, not a description given immediately after viewing the picture, but rather a recollection of the victims who claim to have seen the picture endlessly repeated in their mind's eye during the time that they are, in reality, having epileptic fits. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> These fits are reported to continue indeterminably often while the victims sleep, resulting in very vivid and disturbing nightmares. These may be treated with medication, though in some cases it is more effective than others. There's a little There's typo there.
1: Every case of epilepsy.
2: Mm. Mary E. I assumed was not on effective medication. This was why after my visit to her apartment in 2007, I sent out feelers, several folklore and urban legend or news groups, websites, and mailing lists, hoping to find out the name of a support smile- no, I'm losing. One any. second,
1: we we lost your audio for-
2: Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. You want a, bu- ah. a, sept- a septibus went by, so it might have
1: Oh, that's probably what it was, because we did get a we were getting a little dropout there.
2: Or, you know, haunted. Yeah. Joel Wallstein heard us
0: and he's coming for us. <laughs> Ew, I don't like it. <laughs> it. Joel.smile.com.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> That was why, after my visit to her apartment in 2007, I sent out feelers to several folklore and urban legend-oriented newsgroups, websites, and mailing lists, hoping to find the name of a supposed victim of smile.jpg who felt more interested in talking about his experiences. For a time, nothing happened, and at length I forgot completely about my pursuits, since i had begun my freshman year of college and was quite busy. Mary contacted me via email, however, near the beginning of March 2008. Email junk. Email junk to, from, subject, last summer's interview. Dear Mr. L, I'm incredibly sorry about my behavior last summer when you came to interview me. I hope you understand that it was no fault of yours, but rather my own problems that led me to act out as I did. I realized that I could have handled the situation more decorously. Decorously? Mm. Again, nobody, nobody actually says it. Okay. I don't,
0: mm-hmm. I don't even think that's a real word. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> As an English teacher, I'm declaring that not a real. I'm way. assuming
2: like decorum, right? It's, it's um, like Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's related to decorum, and
1: yeah. Yeah. You I, win this one, creepy it's not usage.
0: Nobody should throw LYs on everything and think that that makes it okay.
1: <laughs> Who
2: are you, Joss Whedon? Come on. Yeah. yeah no. I'm not.
1: It's into it. very creepy ly. Creepy ly.
2: Like, totally. <laughs>
0: oh.
2: I realized that I could have handled the situation more decorously, however, I hope you will forgive me. At the time, I was afraid. You see, for 15 years, I have been haunted by Smile.jpg. Smile Dog comes to me in my sleep every night. I know that sounds silly, but it is true. There is an ineffable quality about my dreams, my nightmares, that makes them completely unlike any real dreams I have ever had. I do not move and I do not speak. I simply look ahead, and the only thing ahead of me is the scene from that horrible picture. I see the beckoning hand, and I see Smile Dog. It talks to me. It's not a dog, of course, though I am not quite sure what it really is. It tells me it will leave me alone if only I do as it asks. All I must do, it says, is spread the word. That's how it phrases its demands, and I know exactly what it means. It wants me to show it to someone else. And I could. A week after my incident, I received in the mail a manila envelope with no return address. Inside was only a three and a half inch floppy diskette. Without having to check, I knew precisely what was on it. I thought for a long time about my options. I could show it to a stranger, a coworker. I could even show it to Terrence, as much as the idea disgusted me. And what would happen then? Well, if Smile Dog kept its word, I could sleep. Yet if it lied, what would I do? and who was to say something worse wouldn't come for me if I did as the creature asked so I did nothing for 15 years though I kept the diskette hidden amongst my things every night for 15 years smile dog has come to me in my sleep and demanded that I spread the word for 15 years I've stood strong though there have been hard times many of my fellow victims on the BBS board where I first encountered smile JPEG stopped posting I heard some of them committed suicide Others remained completely silent, simply disappearing off the face of the web. They're the ones that I worry about the most. I sincerely hope that you will forgive me, Mr. L., but last summer when you contacted me and my husband about an interview, I was near the breaking point. I had decided that I was going to give you the floppy diskette. I did not care if Smile Dog was lying or not. I would end. You were a stranger, someone I had no connection with, and I thought I would not feel sorrow when you took the diskette as part of your research and sealed your fate. Before you arrived, I realized what I was doing. I was plotting to ruin your life. I could not stand the thought, and in fact, I still cannot. I'm ashamed, Mr. L, and I hope that this warning will dissuade you from any further investigation of Smile.jpg. You may in time encounter someone who is, if not weaker than I, then wholly more depraved, someone who will not hesitate to follow Smile Dog's orders. Stop while you are still whole. Sincerely, Mary E. Okay, I'm gonna stop
0: you there because this section drives me up a freaking wall. Mm-hmm. And let me t- and let me tell you for me why. All right, I'm a writer. I write. Um, I have a specific tone, a specific voice. A lot of people can identify my writing. If- oh, yeah, that's probably me um, If I don't make an effort to separate my voice from a different character's voice, then it's very apparent that I have written the whole fucking film.
1: Yeah, this is the writer. This is the, the writer's
0: voice. Yeah. There is no way, like, okay, you, okay, writers write stories to each other, writers write writers <sighs> letters to each other. But unless you specifically told me that Mary E was also a writer, why would she be using this really flowery language that is identical to the writer of
2: the whole piece. She wouldn't. It's ridiculous. She's a side scholarly for somebody who's just a rando on some message board.
0: Right. And I mean she's she's in computers, so okay, sure, maybe she's full of herself, but like show me a different voice for her. Yeah. Or write the whole rest of the piece different so that Mary's unique writing style sounds just you know different enough that it this is clearly the same guy. Like there's no question of my in my head that it's from the same author. So there's, like, you lose any credibility. It's like, why is she writing like this? Who yeah. writes this letter like this? Yeah. And, frankly, you could do the whole thing in a quarter of the amount of words and make it way scarier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if her experiences are really abrupt, really short. Um, if you just go from, I'm sorry about my behavior. At the time, I was afraid. Boom. There you go. Hit and move on right yeah um this draws it out and it doesn't add to the tension because it's it's hard to use words to add tension it's really hard and one of the ways you have to do that is by varying your length of sentences and stuff like that these are all
2: very long sentences really Mm -hmm. long dirty verbiage stuff yeah and you It actually go ahead go ahead i was gonna say yeah it really brings to mind a very specific instance of media for me every single time that i read it No, it's actually, it's a letter that a character wrote to another character in the musical version of an old German play called Spring Awakening. Uh, And it's like from one, from a grown up character to a kid character. And it's almost like, oh, I'm so fancy. Look at all my words a little bit. And I feel like that's exactly the way that this (laughs) sounds. But It doesn't, it's not like different enough from the normal tone of the story, which is, ooh, I'm a college student and I'm so fancy. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of real famous plays that are like two people writing letters
0: back and forth to each other, telling you about their lives and how they're they disconnected or they're trying to reconnect or whatever. And all of those suffer from the same thing where it's like this is clearly one playwright, yeah, writing from two different point of views. and the 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 thing that's supposed to sell it is that you have two different actors. So they bring their own personalities to the stories, but like it's fucking lazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is um this is the Whedon, but this is the Whedon problem. back um, <laughs> I mean, on mean- Well, no, like, it's it's true. Um like he's an interesting writer and he writes funny stuff. Yeah. But um it his stuff always falls apart whenever you have multiple people in dialogue. All of the most memorable moments in Whedon's stuff is when one person is talking. Like the opening of um, Firefly for example, when Wash is playing with his dinosaurs and stuff. Right. That's really cute up until you get other people interacting, because all of the characters sound the same. Yeah. Like kind of twee and like... Yeah, they're all quirky in the same, same way. It worked a little bit better with Buffy because mostly it was a, a tight circle of friends, and tight circles <laughs> of friends do tend to talk similarly. <laughs> um, but basically anytime you had an outsider, like uh, who was the no. robot guy?
0: The
1: robot, the robot guy.
0: The guy who had the robot?
1: No, the guy who was the robot. Bucky, Buffy fucked him? No. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't a robot, was he? Yeah, he was a super soldier. Yeah, I was gonna say, Buffy didn't fuck a robot. Excuse- <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, wow.
2: That's dramatic. It really that is. is. Um, um, yeah. Buffy bu- didn't fuck a robot? God damn it. <laughs> Wait a minute, We're trying to podcast. Do you mind? <laughs> I
0: think somebody from above us is trying to drill their way down. They want it on the podcast. Yeah, as soon as
1: we start to see plaster falling down from the... (laughs)
2: Maybe it's Smile Dog. Oh my god. I don't think he has a drill. We didn't spread the word. Oh, we didn't finish the story. He might have a drill. That's true.
1: Yeah. So anyway, um, (laughs) Buffy doesn't fuck a, a robot. No. No. He's a super soldier, right?
2: Um. Well... He was on some drugs, so oh, yeah.
1: Okay, well, he, him. He was an outsider. Um, and they tried to make him sound different, but it was, like, really sort of weak, and that that's thats the thing. Like, um, yeah. It, that's, that's a problem that you get with a lot of writers. I feel like
0: it, you just Buffy baited your sister, and I didn't know that was a thing until just
1: now. <laughs> I thought he was a robot.
2: Then,
1: no. <laughs> I... <I'm> the- <laughs>
2: Many arguments and bars about Buffy the Vampire Slayer specifically. But
1: I'm <laughs> oh, test. I know what it is. I'm mixing up. There was a robot that. Um, right?
2: No. Stop it. There was a robot in Buffy. There were a couple of robots in Buffy. There was the one that Willow accidentally conjured when she scanned an old tome into the internet. Oh, sure. Uh, there was the one that was played by uh, not Jason Ritter, the actual Ritter. John Ritter?
1: <laughs> yeah, John Ritter. The one that Buffy's mom fucked, right?
2: i mean they were dating they didn't really go into it. canonically that we know buffy's mom fucked Were buffy's dad and giles and giles of oh, course. yeah yeah who's gonna turn down giles let's be honest <laughs> nobody they, it's, they it's, had that weird candy that turned them into teenagers again and giles was like really cool you know yeah yeah he was, he
1: was very edgy
0: as a teenager what yeah. is happening
1: what is happening anyway i'm too so i was talking about people who write um all the same voices all the same voices yeah right, right. It, anyway sorry continue yeah all
0: right <clears throat> so, yeah, that was my problem this is where the story lost me um with this letter from mary okay so we're finished the letter from mary
2: i guess sarah do you want to pick yeah. up terence contacted me later that month with news that his wife had killed herself while cleaning up the various things she left behind closing email accounts and the like he happened abo- upon the above message he was a man in shambles. He wept as he told me to listen to his wife's advice. He found the diskette, he revealed, and burned it until it was nothing but a stinking pile of blackened. The part that most disturbed him, however, was how the disk as it melted, like some sort of animal said. I will admit that I was a little uncertain about how to respond to this. At first, I thought perhaps it was a joke, with the couple belatedly playing with the situation in order to get a rise out of me. A quick check of several Chicago newspapers' online obituaries, however, proved that Mary E. was indeed dead. There was, of course, no mention of suicide in the article. I decided that for a time at least, I would not further pursue the subject of Smile.jpg, especially since I had finals coming up at the end of May. But the world has odd ways of testing. Almost a full year after I'd returned from my disastrous interview with Mary E., I received another email. To, from, subject, Smile. Hello. I found your email address through a mailing list. Your profile said that you are interested in Smile Dog. I have saw it. It is not as bad as everyone says. I have sent it to you here. Just spreading the word. Smiley face.
0: And so there, the the language, the spelling is off, the, you know, there's some weird abbreviations, it doesn't sound very natural. Um, that stands out from the rest of the writing. Yeah. That works.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, comparatively. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. And there's a smiley face. I love any email that ends with a smiley face. I don't. I work with too many
2: uh, middle-aged business people. <laughs>
0: as a mis- middle-aged, occasionally business people, I-, I can't help it. I'm sorry. As long as you're not ending every sentence with uh, several
2: ellipses, I'm okay.
0: No, no. I try to keep it to one or less per email. That's generally...
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. The final line chilled me to the bone. According to my email client, there was one file attachment called, naturally, smile.jpg. I considered downloading it for some time. It was most likely a fake, I imagined. And even if it weren't, I was never wholly convinced of smile.jpg's peculiar power. Mary E's account had shaken me, yes, but she was probably mentally unbalanced anyway. After all, how could a simple image do what smile.jpg was said to accomplish? What sort of creature was it that could break one's mind with only the power of the eye? And if such things were patently absurd, then why did the legend exist at all? If I downloaded the image, if I looked at it, and if Mary turned out to be correct, if Smile Dog came to me in my dream, demanding I spread the word, what would I do? Would I live my life as Mary had, fighting against the urge to give in until I died? Or would I simply spread the word, eager to be pressed And if I chose the latter route, how could I do it? Whom would I burden, in turn? If I went through with my earlier intention to write a short article about Smile.jpg, I decided I could attach it as evidence. And anyone who read the article, anyone who took interest, would be affected. And even assuming the Smile.jpg attached to the email was genuine, would I be capricious enough to save myself in that manner? Could I spread the word? Yes. Yes, I could. And below the text, there is an image of a, what appears to be a Siberian husky, smiling with some sharp human teeth, and a hand beckoning from the left side.
0: I love it. It's such a stupid gag. I know. (laughs) It's so bad, but I love it. And I'm mad at myself for loving it the way that I do.
2: (laughs) I mean, again, this is an iconic creepypasta. Like, this is perfect. You know what I mean? It's like, it is that. Ooh, she was 12 and got murdered, and she's under your bed. But it's kind of elevated to, like, a more mature version of the internet, where it's not just, you know, a never-ending list of people who have already re-emailed re- this to people. Sarah? Yeah.
1: Do you remember when we owned a Siberian Husky?
2: Um, if I if you mean, like, when I was really young, no.
1: You were very young. Uh, our brother was also very young, much younger oh, than you. Yeah,
2: We got it for Christmas?
1: Yeah, do you remember what happened to it?
2: We, we, I know that we, okay, I'll tell you my version of the story, and then you can tell me how incorrect it is. Because okay. I'm pretty, I was probably, like, seven or eight, right? I was, like, young. Yeah. Um, from my recollection, we got a puppy for Christmas, uh-huh. and my little brother was running around naked, as he did, because he was a toddler, and the dog, like, bit him, and uh, my parents, like, took the dog away. And that's basically all I know.
1: Okay, so the story also involves stitches on his penis. <laughs> oh, no! And um, the Colorado River.
2: Wait.
0: <laughs> oh, my God! Yeah. No, you need to stop there. That's way scarier than the story, and it I'm is. not ready. Nope, we're good. That's good. That's where we're ending the story, leaving it at that. Now, see, that's the thing. Gravity mm. and the unsaid are right. way scarier. And then all the fucking details, you know, right? Because we say that the Colorado river and you can fill in anything you want with that, but whatever it is, it's fucking awful. If we went through and gave you the laborious details of what happened to that poor dog, I assume, I'm guessing, I don't want to know the details. You know, like it would probably not be as effective as whatever is happening in my head right now. Right. The other thing that we have that's going on with the story that drives me up the fucking wall is the writer's struggle with could I do it, would I do it, will I do it, is dumb. Because it's the same one that Mary has in her letter. Yeah, you It's one or the other. One of them mm-hmm. has to have the struggle and one of them doesn't. Otherwise, it just sounds like the same person writing the story over and over
2: again. I right. kind of like the like hypothetical, like, I mean, I could do these things, and, and then, I, like, I yes. agree with
0: you. Yeah, I like the punchline there, but then you've got to cut that out of letter.
2: Yeah. Well, and also, like, you could do with taking out at least half of it. Like, oh that smile, could I spread the word? Like, whatever. Yes, I could. You don't need both of those. Well, and
0: frankly, if the poll point of this article that we're assuming is he's now infected with Smile Dog, and he's trying to pawn it off on other people as fast as possible because he totally is capable of doing that, he'd make the story fucking shorter. Mm -hmm. How many
2: people bailed before they got this far? Well, I think that, like, statistically, he only has to guarantee that one person sees it, right? I mean, sure, but if
0: you want to be really smart about it, you make it short and punchy and get right to that picture. Like, you make sure that the picture is poking out of the, like, when you're on the screen, I want to see the top of that picture in the first <laughs> screen so that they're guaranteed to scroll down enough far enough to see the damn picture.
1: <laughs> yeah, you saw it, now let me explain it. Let right. that unwrap, yeah. Right, 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 right. Well, the thing that gets to me is that this is a um, this is a scary story that's still not as cool and scary as, like, Denosenshi Like. The this... what now? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Denosenshi Porygon is an episode of Pokemon um that was not never aired in the US. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um because um, dozens of well, I actually probably hundreds of cases of epilepsy happened. Right. Um, but like dozens ended up in the hospital over it.
0: Right. I mean that's the best the best of the mimetic types are ones <clears throat> that are real close.
1: Yeah. But the thing is is that like I think that it offers a good model for how this would play out. Right. Um, because it literally caused epilepsy, like violent epilepsy, um, and we know what happened. And it, there's there's a whole like interesting sort of I I don't want to say mythology, but because it's real, but a story around it, uh, like the the nation Japan literally filmed uh, like an hour apology to the public and stuff right. uh, like it was a huge deal it was a big deal and it's it, um just those those few people that got epilepsy nobody died but a few people um experienced epileptic seizures and it's a thing that we still know about to this day like this wouldn't the the story lacks believability because it's so close to things that actually happened that give us a model for how it would go down.
0: Mm, I can see that.
1: Sarah, what else do you think
0: about it? Because you brought it to us. What other, what other strong opinions do you have?
2: I mean, so, first of all, I appreciate any creepy pasta that has an image with it. That's something yeah. that, like, I almost always, like, any kind of extra media, whether it's uh, a video, um, what's the one, is it, is it Grifter, Mina, that is the one where, um, it's talking about, uh, the woman who cut off her own arm? No,
0: that's barbie.avi, which I yeah. think is actually really, really well done.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, anything like that, like, that that wasn't something that took, like, a wild amount of effort to put together. Yeah. Um, but just the addition of that little extra something really, really does it for me. So, anything like Smile Dog or even, like, I mean, of course, Jeff the Killer. Like, we can't not talk about Jeff the Killer whenever we're talking about it. Um, It's, like, first of all, almost guaranteed to become an iconic image. Right. Right. Because like if it's got any kind of plot to it at all, people are gonna share it.
0: Right, right. Well, and I think *Jeff the Killer* is interesting because that was definitely, and I think *Smile Dog* is the same way. That was definitely the image came first. Oh yeah. Somebody wrote the thing around the image. Like what this this particular? Because there's lots of different *Smile Dog* stories. This particular one that's kind of the most well known version is definitely like. This person saw the image, saw some people's like with little short paragraph like explanations or spooky stories about the image, and was like, let me compile that and make it look more real by giving it a writerly tone and a journalistic tone. And that way it becomes like, you know, next level real because mm-hmm. here's somebody seriously writing about it. So that must make it even more real. But what Barbie.avi does, which is different, is it's you know it's video it's media but the tone of the writer is not quite so like journalistic This that was not somebody who was like you know writing an essay that mm-hmm. was somebody who was just telling you about the weird shit that happened to him after he found those videos mm-hmm. in some ways barbie feels more real because there's you know there's not the third level of like let me make it an academic paper
2: Right. And that's part of why I really love the Forest Ranger series too, because it's like it's just some dude that's like, Oh, here are some weird things that I've heard people tell me about the woods.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite ones is um freaking a Nazi Goatman story. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That one, like the, the language, the grammar, kind of terrible but very colloquial. Mm-hmm. And so like of all of the creepy I have ever read, that one I'm like, that that one could be real. That one is so like crudely written, so authentically written that I'm like, yeah, no, if any of these are real, it's that one.
2: And it's it's actually on my short list of faves too, partially <laughs> because of the tone. Because it's like it's uh uh Liv, have you heard of it at all? Anansi's oh. uh Goatman?
1: Well, what one? I'm sorry. Anansi's good Man. No.
2: Okay. Maybe maybe we should read that one because it's very good. It is a little long though. Um but it's it's such a like somebody who's telling you this story drunk at a party, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah well, I went to this trailer and this weird shit happened when I hear about it, and it's it's like really fun in that way.
0: And it's like written in a very scattershot way, the way people actually retell oral stories, where like, oh, this detail <laughs> just came to my mind, so I'm gonna mention it here, but it doesn't fit the flow of a narrative, it's just like, oh, oh shit, but the hot dogs, right? So this thing with <laughs> the hot dogs, mounting hot dogs ends up being a key plot point, and I can't say that about most other fiction I've ever read. <laughs> I yeah.
1: can say that
2: about all the dates that I've been on, though.
1: No, I'm just kidding. No, you you know who does that? Like, it's it's comedy, but you know who does that expertly? Huh. Um, the Animaniacs. Yeah. Uh, with the Randy Beamer stories.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a very similar vibe there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm bringing it back old school to the Animaniacs. Yeah. Like the old heads we are. We're so old. All right. Cool, cool, cool um so any part of this that was like legitimately scary for you did i lose you are you still there i'm i'm here i mean as okay. scary as i ever am um
2: <laughs> was any part of this ever like did any of this actually legit um for me personally i feel like the um just the threat of like what if it is real though like obviously it's not it's just a, <laughs> but, like what if it was right great right. um, and that, that same kind of fear is there in, like I was mentioning earlier, all of those old school uh, email chain ones, where it's like, of course, that twelve year old girl's not actually under my bed, but just in case, right? Record um, it just in case. It's like, what am I gonna hurt? If it's not real, I'm not hurting anybody. It's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, talking about Genosencei um, Portagon, I, I was watching it recently, and I found myself unable to actually watch the video.
0: Oh, because the flashing like I, actually legit. I
1: kept turning away because I was like, but what if it happens to me? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I understand.
2: I mean, I, I feel that way. Uh, I, I, oh gosh, what movie was it? There was some horror movie that I saw recently in theaters and there was like a big dramatic thing about um, flashing lights may, you know, cause ep- epileptic seizures. Yeah. And I've never had any experiences with it at all that would make me think that I would be prone to it. And I've seen, like, I, I'm pretty sure that I've seen the Polygon video. Like I, I I'm, I'm, probably fine, but the entire time I was like, oh, I think it's actually the Slender Man movie. I'm pretty sure that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But the entire time I was like, maybe I'll just squint through this, just in case, because I don't want to die at the Slender Man movie.
0: <laughs> there was an old, old version, or not, like old for us, old for you guys, not old for me. There there was a, a movie version of Alice Through the Looking Glass, and it, it, the big revolving plot was around this um, the, what's the monster called? The
1: Jabberwock. The Jabberwock. Are you talking about the the version? Yeah,
0: it was a yeah. live... And, like, there was so much build-up of, if you see this Jabberwock, terrible things are going to happen to you. And, like, they kept hinting that it was going to come out again. We were going to see it at any minute. That, like, I had such a build-up of something bad happening, if I saw it, that I never saw it. And I've seen this movie a couple of times as a child. I still don't know what that Jabberwock looked like in that movie and i'm sure it would disappoint the fuck out of me if i actually saw it
1: it's pretty creepy actually
0: (laughs) okay but like like space of what that looked like and what it would do to my poor brain if i were to see it has prevented me 30 years later Mm -hmm. from ever actually seeing that monster so i'm pathetic is what i'm saying (laughs) But yeah, I think I think that the threat and that's funny because that that's beyond this story. With a lot of these things, I think what the real beauty of a creepypasta is maybe the stories aren't executed well, uh-huh. but the ideas of them are so juicy that you almost you almost reflect back on it more positively than you would actually in the initial experience. Like it's all about your mood set, uh-huh. headspace headset. Well, maybe headset if you're listening to a reader, right? Yeah, and it's oh, it's crooked. It drives me crazy. <laughs> it's crooked. The picture of smile dog in the bottom of this article is a little off to the side. And well, that, it's the
1: worst Polaroid ever.
0: It's so bad. Um, but like, and the blood
1: stains. Why? I don't know why. I don't
0: know, man. Because they because they could. And why are they red? Fresh
2: blood.
1: No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. Just, <laughs>
2: Like, if hypothetically it was fresh blood like that, and he scanned it on an old scanner, it would smear it. Yeah, right.
0: Like, what a mess. Why would you do that to your scanner?
2: I wonder if there are enough loops and whirls in these fingerprints for us to trace back the original person who made these uh, Photoshop elements. <laughs> right. Because
1: that's well, what I imagine they clip them off the internet, honestly.
2: Well, that's
0: what she's saying. We could find the person initially, and it turns out it's just like.
1: Well, I mean, like, if you yeah do a search for like. Bloody fingerprint dot or dot png or whatever.
0: Right, but you know, there's a model somewhere. Yeah, I want to use it back to the start with. I
2: want to go to the to the source <laughs> to,
0: the, to the poorly paid model who...
2: Yeah, because <laughs> they probably don't even know it's their fingerprints. No, of course not.
0: No, <laughs> just like that lady who looks like she's drinking pee, <laughs> but she was just drinking tea, and it was just really taken out of context.
2: Yeah. Or the the voice of Siri, right? Mm -hmm. What's the
0: voice of Siri? Who's the voice of Siri?
2: Nobody knows her name. I mean, obviously people know her name, but um, she's not well known and she didn't get paid basically anything for it because she just like a really cheap job of kind of saying these basic phrases and then the people who created Siri bought that package from the people who, I guess, gather and collect these voice recordings. Mm -hmm. Um, They're like, yeah, she sounds good and they use her voice and she doesn't get paid for it or anything. Oh, that's tragic.
0: She's like, she's like Dade's best friend.
2: Yeah, my she, she's a of a generation.
0: Yeah, my, my son has long conversations with her. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. All right, okay, so for me, the creepiest part is that um, someone was so caught up in their own writing that they thought this was... No, that's, <laughs> not fair. that's not fair. Look, th- the other thing about this is, for, as a writer, from a writer's perspective, pastas are a really great practice. Mm-hmm. Because what they are is you throw a draft together based on an idea and there's like, you know, the Internet is full of all of these great ideas. And you don't have to worry about like impressing a writing class, a creative writing class. You don't have to worry about like impressing your, your critique group or being shamed by your editor. You just post that shit and you'll get people who will like it. You might get some new critiques, but mostly you have a piece of thing that's finished, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it really needs a third or a second or third or fourth or fifth. Draft.
2: It, it's in- also great market research because you see what sticks with people. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you can and you can see what in your own voice resonates well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I always look at creepypasta as like just really good practice writing. It also helps you develop like a sense of what editorial opinions you should pay attention to and which ones you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. That's also really a useful thing to develop. So, like, I, I don't want to shit on on creepypasta writers most of these are first drafts. And even if they're second or third drafts, they're usually from younger writers. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, I don't really want to shit on the quality of the writer. Like, I think there's something very useful in 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 exposing raw drafts to people. Um, and there there are a couple of writers who I've then since followed into. They're more professional. They're more experienced writing. And I've not been dissatisfied in most cases.
2: Um... So, yeah. I always think of creepypasta as kind of like fan fiction.
0: Yeah, it is. It's fan fiction about creepypasta. Like, all creepypasta is fan fiction itself.
2: And so, like, similar to fan fiction, you can find, like, you know, the Smile Dogs and the, like, uh, you know, My Immortals and everything. <laughs> and if you go digging around, you can find these really beautiful masterpieces. And honestly, they exist. Like, you have to dig through a lot of stuff a lot of the times. Right. Um, but a lot of the kind of freely-published creepypasta and fanfiction and fiction press stuff that I've read on the internet outweighs a lot of the published fiction that I've read.
0: Oh, yeah, you'll absolutely come across writers who are just good enough that it doesn't really matter that they're not in the traditional publishing world, which is bullshit anyway. Like, Mm -hmm. the difference between this and, like, somebody who gets published in Harlequin is right place, right time, right? Mm -hmm. So... Don't be discouraged. We're we're picking this shit apart because it's fun and because it's there, but don't be discouraged. We know that these are early drafts and started and wherever you go, it's got to get better. So don't sweat it. I think Ed wrote the other one we read. Oh uh, Yeah, this is author unknown. <laughs> unknown, you're doing fine. Don't sweat it. So um, here's the part where we do plug Sarah, the end of October, mm-hmm. what can you tell the beautiful people about you?
2: Well, you can follow me on all of my social medias at, at the Sarah Gates, that's S-A-R-A with no H, Gates like Bill Gates, no um, H, no H. Uh, and you can look at all the spooky makeup and special effects stuff that I do, um, you can also find me on thesarahgates.com and uh, patreon.com slash If you're interested in purchasing some of my art or just following me along um, you can find me at com, as well as patreon.com slash There
0: you go. Alright, and you should do that, because their stuff is awesome. There are teeth masks. No, really. Yeah. Go, go see the teeth mask, and then you'll understand. Um, way creepier than this picture. Sorry. Just <laughs> almost... Sorry, smile dog. <laughs> dog teeth mask, mask. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Liv, what are you up to? What do, what do you want people to know about at this here point near the end of
1: October? <laughs> You should get the our new game, Machinesite. Well, it's not a new game. It's a second edition of a, an old game. Um, but it just released, and um, it is coming out just in time for you to do one-shots for Halloween. Uh, it is a tabletop role-playing game uh, that is specifically made to do brutal one-shot horrors um, that are more like movies, more like uh, Alien, Event Horizon, than like Dungeons & Dragons. Um, it's a good party game. Uh, it's for people who are, have really fucked up sensibilities uh, and who like, you know, brutal stories where everyone dies. So you, you should go do that. I um, mean, you can find it on our social media, um, and you can you can find it on uh, Drive Through RPG. Yeah.
0: Okay. And as for me, um, I'm spending the month of November uh, getting ready my sad ghost stories about sad people. Mm. Um, I'm writing or I'm finishing up second draft of a novel because I do one draft of novels uh, that's uh is set in the um, world of the I hunt series.
1: Oh, San Gennaro. San
0: Gennaro, but uh, from a you know a different perspective, a different voice, um, and the main character is a medium, and she does all the hard work of bingos ghosts that nobody else can or will do. And there's a lot of crying. be mm. good.
1: Okay. So, um, see you all at the Colorado River.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. See <laughs> you. Yeah, bye. human
1: therapy, more like. <laughs>
0: all right. So, we're all leaving to go find therapists.
1: Bye <laughs> bye.
2: Love you. Bye. bye
0: This podcast and content read within a released Creative Commons Sharealike Attribution 3.0 license. Music is by Abysme with a Creative Commons attribution license.